I feel it. Snap two. Our leader has arrived. Attention turned to an open yellow door linking the theater to the adjacent attached building in which the Ford's Theater Society offices were housed. While the National Park Service maintained the theater as a historic site, it was the non-governmental Ford's Theater Society that used the venue to mount its ambitious schedule of theatrical productions. Heading that society and coming through the door was the theater's producing director, Clarice Emerson, a former Hollywood TV producer who'd been recruited three years earlier to replace the departing Frankie Hewitt. Hewitt had been brought in almost 35 years before by then-Secretary of the Interior, Stuart Udall, to help develop a plan for the theater following its most recent renovations and to choreograph fundraising efforts. Hewitt was a tough act to follow. The former wife of 60 Minutes producer Don Hewitt, Frankie had guided Ford's theater from being solely a government museum chronicling the Lincoln assassination to one of America's preeminent resident theaters, a living tribute to Lincoln's well-known love of the performing arts. More than 20 musicals had received their world premieres there since the beautifully restored theater opened in January 1968, including Don't Bother Me, I Can't Cope and Your Arms Too Short to Box with God, many moving on to Broadway. And hundreds of plays had been performed, all adhering to Ford's stated mission, to produce musicals and plays that embody family values, underscore multiculturalism, and illuminate the eclectic character of American life. Dull theater, some critics said. Certainly non-controversial. Avant-garde playwrights need not apply. Nothing to ruffle the feathers of members of Congress who decided how much to include for the theater in the yearly congressional budget, particularly 86-year-old Alabama Senator Topper Sybers, chairman of the Senate Committee on Labor and Human Resources. Unlike some reviewers who never saw a play or a painting or a book they didn't like, Sybers had never seen a play or a piece of art that wasn't lubricious. But Clarice had more than financial reasons these days for not wanting to provoke the elderly, feisty senator from Alabama. The president, Louis Nash, Clarice's lifelong friend, had recently nominated her to chair the National Endowment for the Arts, NEA. Cyber's Labor and Human Resources Committee would conduct a confirmation hearing. Clarice's appearance that morning was surprising to the assembled. She seldom set foot inside the theater delegating virtually every creative aspect to others. Her time was better spent, she often said, squeezing money out of wealthy patrons, individuals, and corporations alike. Good morning, she said brightly to the half-dozen stagehands marking time. Morning, Clarice, they responded. Because of her status on the Washington scene, not only was she a personal friend of the president and headed for the NEA, she'd once been married to Bruce Lerner, senior senator from Virginia, a handsome, sixty-year-old bachelor often seen on the arm of beautiful, high-profile women. There was the natural tendency for younger people at Ford's to address her as Ms. Emerson, but she'd put an end to that shortly after taking up her post there, and everyone called her Clarice. That she was youthful in appearance and manner helped. People took her to be considerably younger than fifty-four. Good genes had given her not only beauty, but boundless energy. Clarice didn't walk. She moved at an almost constant trot, up on the balls of her feet, looking as though she might suddenly decide to become airborne. She stood military erect like her father, who'd served twenty years in the Air Force, retiring to their small farm in Ohio to die of a coronary three years after exchanging his blue uniform for coveralls. She was, in fact, like her father, Luke Emerson, in almost all ways.
physically and philosophically, except for her sense of humor, which was decidedly her mother's, a short, plump woman better suited to the role of farmer's wife than military spouse, subservient to her dour husband when in his presence, but wickedly prankish about him when chatting with women friends. "'Early start?' Clary said. "'What's the occasion?' "'Sidney called a meeting,' a stagehand said. "'Oh?' "'The teenage show, I guess,' Will said. "'Is there a problem with it?' "'Not that we know of, Clary's.' "'Sidney's not even in town,' she said. "'That's just terrific,' Will said, dropping his empty cup into a trash can. "'Anybody got an aspirin?' "'Do you know why Sidney called a tech meeting?' Clarice asked. Shrugs all around. Well, I'm sorry you're here so early for nothing. I'll speak with Sidney when I see him. Clarice turned and retraced her steps to the door.